Hey there listeners, welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes, we're not quite nerds, but not quite noobs, choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Oshvin, and this week my co-host Brian and I will be reviewing the 2017 Spanish film Veronica. You like that, Brian? Good job, man. Hey, thanks. This film uh, it was directed by Paco Plaza, and it stars Sandra Escasena, Bruna Gonzalez, and Claudia Placer. Uh, so, Brian, I picked this film because um, it's a recent addition to Netflix that came out, I think, earlier this year, and it's been getting a lot of buzz throughout the horror community. Um, I feel like some people are even going as far to call it uh, the scariest horror film ever. Um, I, I'm sure we'll talk about if it actually is or not, but has this been on your radar at all? No, I was completely unaware of it, as I am with most modern horror movies, <laughs> now that I can lean on you. Modern being like after, what, 2000 or 2010? After, after 2000. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Well, I, you know, it's interesting. This one was actually mentioned by uh, Amy May, who does uh, the, the pop art for, who's created the pop art for our banner. I think she had mentioned this in an email to us earlier this year. Oh, really? I didn't catch that. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was kind of a, a brief note in passing. But but yeah, this movie's been doing pretty well on Netflix, it seems, and it's uh, definitely got people who love horror movies kind of talking about this one as being one of the better ones on Netflix these days. Um, but uh, before we dive into kind of like some of the background of this film, uh, I'll just give a quick overview synopsis of you know what this film is. Uh, so basically, the story is about a girl who gets into some trouble after she messes around with the Ouija board. And it lands her and some adorable siblings into some hot water. Uh, literally, sometimes, right, Brian? <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, so it's a pretty. I, I love you right now in this episode. <laughs> uh, but so it's, it's a pretty standard Ouija board uh, movie kind of going wrong. Uh, but the, the real twist on this one, which I didn't realize until we got towards the end here, is that it's based on some true events. Did Did you realize that going into this? No. Well, the intro to it makes it seem like that's the case. Really? With with yeah. the uh, with the police scene? I think, like, as it's starting, there's some text on the screen saying, like, on this date, whatever. Yeah. This person did this. And, yeah. Yeah. You're right. It starts out with, like, a very specific date. It's, like, 1991 and a certain date. And I, I thought that was weird. I hadn't picked up on the fact that it was actually based on true, uh, a true story at that point. Uh, but later that, that made a lot of sense. Um, and uh, I, I feel like most horror movies you watch these days that are based on true events, like straight into, like the first thing you see in the beginning is like the following stories based on events that actually took place, you know, at the, in this part of the world at this time. I don't remember anything as specific as that in this movie. Did you see something like that? No, not until the end. Yeah, yeah, which which kind of surprised me. Yeah, you don't get an explicit based on a true story up yeah. front. Yeah, and I feel like most of the times that a movie says that these days, you're kind of like, ah, whatever, you know, so yeah. this, this is interesting to have it on the back end. Because um, based on a true story can mean so many things, you can really stretch it. Yeah, and, and you know, looking into this one, it, it is based on a bit of a stretch, so it's it's like this event that happened back in 90, 1991, with a girl named uh, Estefania. Estefania? How do you say that name? Whew, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> right. I didn't even write that one down. Estefania Ye sounds nice. Yeah, it's got a nice ring to it. Uh, yeah, basically a teenager, Estefania, who um, similarly got in trouble with an Ouija board, 
except she she dies and then like a year later like her apartment and her family is like being haunted and it's it's one of like those rare cases in Spain where like even the investigators have come out and said like they never kind of figured out what happened and like they kind of wrote out some paranormal stuff did, did, did you read up on that story only a tiny bit I did read the or maybe it said it in the text in the end of the movie that the detective actually mentioned what he thought was paranormal activity in his investigation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's one of the rare times that that's actually like been written into a report, uh, apparently right. in Spain. As, as a man of the law, that's like not something under Because I mean, that kind of discredits your whole, uh, your whole ability to service the law well. Yeah, there's just a checkbox on the form that says ghosts. <laughs> yeah, there should be. <laughs> that that make everyone's job a lot easier. Uh, so, Brian, what, what what genre would you put this film in? So, demonic possession for sure. Yeah. Uh, and supernatural is implied there. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and this is very subjective, and I'll see if you agree... You know how we've talked before about how there should be some way to distinguish a horror movie that's, like, actually scary versus just ones that have kind of horror themes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is one that's, like, actually scary. And, like, oh, really yeah. sincerely trying to be scary. Mm-hmm. That's not really a subgenre, but... Yeah. Uh, that's a good point, because you, you want to differentiate it from movies where... Uh, the, yeah, they're, they're not, like, focused on, like, some of the, the tricks, like, a lot of scary movies use, and it's just, like, someone possessed, like, doing crazy things, um, and it's just, like, uh, you know, a sense of, uh, a dread throughout the whole time, whereas this, this one is really kind of focused on someone who's possessed and, and like, actually kind of scaring you the whole time. Yeah. A- active devil pos- possession, maybe, maybe. Um... <laughs> But yeah, it kind of falls in line with like the Exorcist, maybe Paranormal Activity, The Conjuring, that kind of area. Yeah. Also, like based on a true story, it could almost be its own subgenre of horror. Yeah. You know, so I was looking up a, a list of films that are based on true uh, events. And there's so many in the horror film area. And, and, you know, to your earlier point, like so much of it is like based on it. So it's pretty subjective. But like the Amityville horror, that that's similar to this, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think The Exorcist is actually loosely based on a true story. Apparently, Nightmare on Elm Street, the Freddy Krueger one, is slightly based on a true story. And the and then the movie we watched last week, Child's Play, has like some reference inspired by true events. So it's definitely a category of horror movies that are somewhat based on, to some degree, on true events. Huh? Yeah, some of those I didn't know were based on true events. Yeah. I bet yeah. Those, a lot of those sound like they're real stretches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially yeah, getting into Nightmare on Elm Street and Child's Play, but uh, yeah, so yeah. for some reason, like yeah, cert, uh, certain events. Um, so yeah, I, I agree. Possession. Another genre, I would think, maybe uh, kid-driven movies. Like I feel like in the last year, we've seen more movies where you have like It or you have uh, like Stranger Things, where like the cast is totally like kids movies or, or kids that are like kind of fighting against some kind of evil, and it kind yeah. of felt like it might fall in there. Yeah, I feel like that's definitely a subgenre. Um, I feel like Stephen King's kind of big into that. Yeah, right. He loves he loves getting kids on camera and like being the main character fighting the evil. That's yeah, and there's almost kind of like a coming of age horror type thing too. Like it follows even they weren't kids, oh, yeah. but they were young. They were like yeah. college aged. Yeah, 
It's kind and of they these felt like younger mm-hmm. than they were in that one, just because it was like they were at home. Like most of it takes place in her parents' house, and the parents yeah. are just kind of absent or not helpful. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that's the theme with all of these is like these kind of kids are on their own. They don't have like a parent to turn to, which you saw in this one a lot too. And then at mm-hmm. the and then they're like left to their own devices to fight this uh, evil spirit or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that definitely adds to some scariness too. Like there's nobody to help. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And it, and I know uh, in like earlier episodes we've talked about this where like scary movies. Uh, use this trick to be most effective is like to tap into that youth youthful experience or that like that that minor or that kid who's like going through this uh, event and putting the character in the main shoes of that so I, I feel like that's kind of a natural extension of you know, the parents are missing and you're on your own and you got to figure it out yeah for sure mm-hmm. um, what have been like some of your favorite possession movies that this film reminded you of Good question. I don't really love that many possession movies, and I feel like I haven't even seen. I'm sure if you started rattling some off, I'd be like, "Oh, I guess I have seen a lot." Yeah, <laughs> it's easy to forget. Sure. Yeah, I feel like The Exorcist is the only one that really stands out to me. I've never seen like The Exorcism of Emily Rose. I never saw that one. Nah, yeah, I never saw that one either. Uh, Paranormal um, Activity, though. Like, I mean, I, I feel like that was a pretty strong contender. Oh, yeah, I guess I kind of forget that that's Possession. Yeah, I liked yeah. that. Yeah, it's it's weird, because with Possession, there isn't, like, a whole range of things you can do. Like, once someone's possessed, you kind of know how the rest is of the, the, the apples are going to fall, right? Yeah, or, like, and it's, it can be a varying range. Like, Evil Dead, you could say, was Possession. Yeah, that's true. But that's yeah. a very different feel. Yeah, yeah, no, that definitely had elements of possession, but yeah, that that one's definitely uh, different than like the Exorcist Paranormal Activity. What one that I think that we watched uh, in this club that I enjoyed a lot? Do you remember the taking of Deborah Logan? Oh, that was great! I forgot about that one. Yeah, I think that was a, a quieter one, less of a, a buzz around that. It might have been a straight to Netflix or a straight to DVD release, but I, th- I thought a really strong possession film. Yeah, for sure. That was great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, you have The Exorcist, which I think established itself as like a standard for this genre. I think Paranormal Activity came around and um, it kind of reinvented it with the handheld camera and, and gave you like a new angle on it. Um, but yeah, otherwise, like once a person's possessed, you kind of know like the, you get a sense of like what's going to happen after that. I, I don't know if like there's been a totally groundbreaking possession movie since, you know, uh, Exorcist that's like been possession in a whole different way yeah they definitely follow a format yeah but maybe, maybe that's an opportunity for us someday maybe if we're gonna make a possession movie you know we take it in a different direction like <laughs> i don't know you get possessed and like you become more productive at work suddenly or <laughs> <laughs> you start working out it's, it's like a positive possession <laughs> the guy who wrote um the book that blade runner was based off of uh-huh. He claims to have been possessed by like some sort of alien that helped him get his life back together. Oh my god. No way. Yeah. Yeah. And is is that alien gone or like still around? Good question. I'm not sure. I don't even know if that dude is still alive or not. Yeah. That's that's really interesting. I mean, uh I mean, who who's to who's going to say he wasn't, right? 
It's kind of hard to yeah, disprove. Yeah, right? <laughs> How can you prove it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, possessions are, they're, they're pretty cool. Um, but yeah, most of the time pretty formulaic, but you know, if they, maybe there should be a movie on that, on that guy like getting possessed by an alien and writing a Blade Runner. That'd, that'd be pretty good. Yeah. Um, so talking about, uh, this film in terms of some of the people, people who were involved with it, uh, the director Paco Plaza, um, do you recognize him at all? I didn't at all, but I noticed that he directed Wreck, mm-hmm. R-E-C. Yeah, it's I guess like a, the wreck like turned into like the series, right? There's like one and two, or like they're like three parts or so, and he's he's like the director of it. I, th- I think when you look up like Spanish horror films, like this is like wreck is like one of the biggest movies out there uh, in that. Yeah, wreck was really good. You you saw the original? Yeah, did you? No, I, I saw Quarantine, which I liked a lot, but I never saw the original wreck. I never saw Quarantine, but oh, yeah, man. wreck was really good. And Rec was, uh, like, I mean, similar to Quarantine, where it's, like, these people trapped in a building and, like, something's going on in the building. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought that was, a like, it was a legit scary movie. Yeah. I, I felt the same way about Quarantine. Like, that was, that was a really effective horror film. I, I, I should go back and watch Rec, because I'm, I'm sure that was probably, you know, scarier or something. Yeah, you should. Or maybe yeah. we can do it together sometime. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe a film down the line here. Uh, so yeah, he does Wreck, which is, yeah, I think it's pretty universally recognized as like one of the best, uh, Spanish horror films. Um, and, and I, I think that's like the, the biggest movie he's done, right? Yeah, it looked like it. Yeah. And, uh, in terms of the, uh, actors and the actresses here, um, you know, the, this movie is really centered around one girl, Veronica, who's played by Sandra Escasina. And I guess this was her first role, and she's only like 15 or 16 years old. Uh, I, did, you, did you find her anywhere else? No, yeah, I think this is her first role. And same with a lot of the her younger siblings, too. Wow. Uh, that's impressive. Another uh, great uh, child actors movie. Yeah, I, th- I thought the siblings, siblings like really held up this film pretty well. Her, her and her siblings, like that, that was pretty good performance in all parts. Yeah, I think adorable you nailed it with that yeah she, especially she in the movie she has a younger brother who like wears glasses but there's something with his eyes like they're huge and like one was always like looking at another he was, was he cross-eyed i think he had like one lazy eye was he acting that lazy eye i'm not sure yeah i can't imagine a kid at that age being able to act that well so yeah maybe, maybe he just had a lazy eye but yeah Yes, it's pretty. Is 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 uh, he, he? I feel like every time he was on screen, he really kind of shined. Yeah, yeah, he was super cute. Yeah, and a good little actor. Yeah, he was. Um, any anything any, anything else? Like, did you recognize anything about this movie? Like anyone in it? The um, or like any kind of interesting facts or tidbits about it? No, I didn't really recognize anybody. Although I noticed some like common cliches that just because I don't really watch any Spanish films but I thought it was interesting in so many horror movies they're watching other horror movies oh yeah Um, and there was a scene where they were watching one and that was a 1976 Spanish horror called Who Can Kill a Child oh and that was that's an English movie right no it was it was also a Spanish movie oh I thought for some reason, oh, was this at like the night where they are, uh, 
where like she's like grab the kids are in the family room because they're scared and like they're yeah. falling asleep oh for some reason i thought that was an english movie uh the, you okay know, maybe they were speaking english I'll, I'll have to check into that it could have been yeah. like a spanish movie done in english oh okay yeah maybe one or two scenes or something but okay have yeah. you seen that one no i have not okay um another well now i'm just gonna go through like horror tropes I feel like I've seen other movies that start with a 911 call like this one did. Oh, no kidding. Like, which ones? I can't. I meant to, like, try to Google it. I feel like maybe The Strangers did. Hmm. But I'm not totally sure. Yeah, I can't remember. Because, I mean, we'll talk about the plot and spoilers here in a bit. But, um, yeah, like, this movie kind of starts uh at the end of the story and then kind of like dials back and uh, yeah it starts with the nine uh one call which, which i thought was like pretty cool but i i mean it seemed like something that horror movies should be doing or like you know it seems like a a great way to kind of kick it off is like you know start at the end with that nine one one call and dial it back yeah but yeah. I, I can't yeah i couldn't pinpoint where, where i've seen that before anyway yeah i'll have to check that after the episode yeah um I also noticed this is the second movie we've watched featuring an eclipse. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I picked up on that, too. Ger- Gerald's, Jared's Game being the first? Gerald's Game, yeah. Gerald's Game. Yeah, and, uh, uh, yeah, the the eclipse, though, in, in this one kind of had more of a spiritual impact versus in that one it was more kind of like a, uh, like her experience during the eclipse, right? Yeah, it was kind of a traumatic memory. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh... Speaking of like uh, Gerald's game, I I, I mean I, I think it's pretty cool that I mean so this this movie was put out on Netflix. I think Gerald's game was another one that was you know put on Netflix, and you have like the ritual. I, I think these two are kind of pointing to like a trend where like a lot of these uh, like a good quality horror films are like just heading like skipping the theater and heading straight to Netflix as a distribution channel, which uh, you know like when I look at this one, I, I don't think it would have done that well in U.S. theaters given it was like a foreign film. Um, and yeah, you know, horror movies in general—it's kind of tough, but it's starting to legitimize Netflix as like a, a good channel for horror movies. Yeah, for sure. I feel like they've got some stuff on there that looks pretty bad too, but <laughs> there's definitely yeah. a decent amount of horror movies to watch out there. Have you heard of this sh- streaming service called Shutter? I ha- is that the horror film only one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've 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 heard of that. That that, that kind of intrigues me. Like a, so, it's like a Netflix, but it's just horror films. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Would you ever go for it? You know, maybe. Although, as I've told you before, I live by a great DVD rental place with an awesome horror section. So. Yeah. I I would rather just go up there and rent the movies. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it seems kind of silly to have a. Uh, <laughs> A, a, a streaming service where all you get are horror movies because these days yeah you can rent it from somewhere you can go to Amazon and rent it you can get a lot of them off Netflix uh, I don't know why you'd subscribe to a horror movie only channel but I guess it must have some users right I'm sure they have like way way more yeah yeah probably movies we we're not we aren't, that aren't on our radar yeah uh, yeah um any, uh, have, have you seen any, I mean, outside of Wreck, any other Spanish horror films? Um, yeah, The Orphanage. Did you ever see that one? Oh, yeah, I did. Who, was that Guillermo del Toro? 
Uh, no, I don't think it was, actually. Uh, yeah, I think you're right, it wasn't. Yeah, that was... I'm um, thinking of, like, those... There's one backbone. called The Devil's Backbone that's kind of on my list of ones to watch, but I've never seen it, and that was Guillermo del Toro. Del yeah, Toro. yeah, I think that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, and, and that and one then, used to be on Netflix, but it's not anymore, I don't think. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. The Others with Nicole Kidman came up when I googled Spanish horror movies. Yeah, that came up for me, too. Is that a Spanish horror film? It was directed by someone with a Spanish-sounding name, but that was all I could really find out about it. It seemed yeah. kind of weird to me that that was considered a Spanish film. <laughs> yeah, me too. It was def- definitely in English and Nicole Kidman and everything. Uh, yeah. It might have been like made in Spain or something, or released by a some Spanish uh, a Spanish crew. Yeah, that's could that, be. That that was a good one though. I, I like that one a lot. I don't think I ever saw that one. Ah. Uh, Oh, I recommend it. It's good. Um, in general, though, like I feel like Spanish films, and and then you have to differentiate between like those made in Spain versus those made in Mexico. But uh, as a whole, and when I look at like some of these horror movies we're talking about, like Wreck, uh, this one, the others, um, I feel like uh, they all like they're they're great storytellers. Like, the orphanage. Like, I, I just feel like they, they know how to tell, like, a really good story and, and make, like, really great characters that you're invested in. Um, so I was, I was really excited for, for this one from that angle, and I feel like it kind of lived up to that uh, part. Yeah, that, that for bar. sure. Agreed. Yeah. Like, you, you ever see uh, Pan's Labyrinth? I did, but I can't remember it very well. Yeah, it was just this girl, like, had some fantasy characters. I mean, I would, I would almost call that one, like, parts of it horror but, uh, um, I remember renting that when I was younger, expecting a horror and like not really wanting to watch it after uh, realizing it wasn't, <laughs> but I yeah. think I would have a different point of view now. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you go back and watch it and, and it kind of wraps in the story of like the Spanish revolution at that time. Uh, right. so it's, 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 it's pretty cool. It's, it's a good movie. I, I definitely recommend it. Nice. Um, so before we dive into the plot, Brian, I know you you got a customary thing of dialing this back to Ohio, and actually this time I came across a Ohio connection too. But I, I think oh. I want to. I know, so I, I might. Uh, I'm interested to hear what, what you got. It's probably the same. It could be the same thing. But how how did you tie I, I this movie? How did you tie this back to Ohio? So Ouija boards oh, have yeah. a history in Ohio. Is this what you were finding finding <laughs> as well? This is what I was finding as well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um. Like, in looking at the history of the Ouija board, it was used by spiritualists, which were people who, you know, believed in contacting the spirit world and that you could communicate back and forth. And spiritualist camps were apparently really big in Ohio. And mm-hmm. there's an 1886 quote from a correspondent for the New York Daily Tribune who wrote, In Youngstown, Canton, Warren, Tiffin, Mansfield, Akron, and Elyria... And a number of other places in Ohio, I heard there was a perfect craze over the new planchette. And the, or planchette? Maybe it's the planchette. And that's sure. the thing that, like, it's essentially like the cursor. What yeah. you put your hand on that moves around the board. Yeah. Dude, have yeah. you ever played with a Ouija board? No, no. I was, I was going to ask you. I mean, we, we see that in movies all the time. I don't even know if I've ever seen it in a store, but, I mean, have you? I've never played with one, no. They're made by Hasbro. Yeah, yeah, hilarious is like, that. <laughs> yeah, has uh, Hasbro's on like the the, the big uh, they they make a bunch of board games, right? Yeah, 
they're huge toy company it's it's interesting because i to read up on like the history of the ouija boards and how they came about and how they were commercialized and everything and um i mean you have groups out there who like kind of swear by it and others were like you know it's it's garbage but i don't know have you had any experience with one no, I know people who have played with them and been like, it said stuff that we didn't think we were saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, did you read something about uh, how, like, they've, like, done tests on it in laboratories and, like, in, in, like, lab setting, like, they'll find, like, some answers they get from it are, like, more accurate than, like, not holding everything else constant? Did you, did you read anything about that? Yeah. We must have gone through all the same research this time. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, yeah, it's... So, like, there's a... A belief among some psychologists that it's tapping into some subconscious part of you that like, it's like your gut knows the answer, but your brain can't come up with it. So your muscles act on that. Yeah. It's kind of like your intuition or something. Yeah. Which makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just, uh, it's interesting that we've never played with these things. I mean, I've, I've totally give it a shot sometime. You know, this is one of those things where, like, if you ask me, do I believe in this kind of stuff, I'd say, oh, and I'm not really sure. Yeah, it's but a great But then if you, area. like, pull out a Ouija board and ask me if I wanted to play, I'd probably be like, no, thanks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> as, as appealing as it looks, I feel like we've seen too many movies now where, like, yeah, things, <laughs> you never heard of, like, a positive outcome coming from it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, it's, it, it'd be a cool thing to get our hands on at some point. Maybe maybe one time you and I can have a sleepover. Yeah. <laughs> Light some candles and get the Ouija board going. Uh, yep. that, that sounds pretty good. All right. Well, let's uh, let's take a quick break before uh, we kind of dive into the plot by uh, plot synopsis here. Um, I'm going to go try to find some negatives so that we can uh, I can prep for the next eclipse that's going to happen in a few years. So sounds I'll be right good. back. All right, Brian, you ready to talk about the uh, the plot of the movie? Yeah, yeah. Did you find right. some uh, some physical photos with physical <laughs> negative? No, you know. So I what I did is I put the uh, negative filter on on my Instagram. So I'm taking a bunch of pictures that way, and then hopefully I'm, I'll be able to use that for the next uh, eclipse that we get. Is that a thing? Is there a negative filter? I think there is. No, you know, I think actually you're right. I don't think there is a negative filter on cameras anymore. Um. Did, we had the solar eclipse this year, right? Just a few months ago. Yeah. Or, sorry, like it would have been last year, like last summer. Yeah, um, I can't remember when that was now. Yeah, I feel like 2017 summer or something. I remember a lot of people outside. Um, it's interesting because like, you know, in this round when we had the uh, solar eclipse, like everyone was buying those glasses off of eBay and it became like this big craze to get your solar eclipse glasses. But in this movie, you learn like back in the 90s what people used to do is they'll just get the negative for films and be able to look at it that way, which, I mean, that's that's a good hack. Yeah, it also seemed kind of dangerous. Like, all these, they had all these, like, children, young school children just, like, holding up a negative. <laughs> and it was just, <laughs> like, if they peer, like, around that thin strip of film, what is that, film? Like, the film, yeah, like, a thin strip of a negative, like, they'd be yeah. staring right at the sun. Exactly, yeah, that's, that's pretty uh, low surface area there. 
Yeah. Maybe that's how uh, one of the characters in this movie is called Sister Death, and she's blinded. And maybe that's how she went blind. It was like the last eclipse. Her eyes slipped past the uh, the film. Could be. Could be. All right. So let's talk about how this what went down in this film. So as you mentioned, the film opens with the nine one one call. Um, in Spain, though, I'm guessing it might not be nine one one. There must be a different set of numbers. Hopefully. Uh, but, I think yeah. they said nine one one. Oh, no kidding! Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe, Did you know that nine one one didn't even exist until like the nineteen sixties or something? Really? What did people dial before that? I think there were like local emergency numbers, <laughs> like an eight digit or a ten digit number. Well, I guess they didn't yeah. need area code back then, so it would just been yeah seven numbers. Yeah. Wow. Man, that's, that's, that would have been tough to know. So okay, yeah, the movie opens. Uh, movie opens with like these cops rushing to like a crime scene and you're hearing clips of like this 911 call where uh, someone's screaming like uh, he's in the house uh, quickly come like giving the address and these cops are rushing up to, into this apartment they break in and like the place is kind of a mess and they throw open a door and then you just see the cops kind of looking at something you don't see what they're looking at but you just see their face like kind of confused and and that's like the intro right is anything else you would call out there no, I don't think so. Yeah. And so... I, I, mean, I th- You're kind of like wondering what the situation is. The intro just kind of piques your interest without really telling you much. Yeah. It tells you it's 1991. It gives it gives you the dates, I guess. Uh, yeah. But, but you're just like, yeah, you know what, what happened. You don't, you don't really know. Uh, so then uh, it, it jumps back. And it basically jumps back. You, the next thing is like three days earlier. And you're introduced to Veronica, who is this uh, high school girl who has uh, uh, you know, a, a family of uh, two twin girls, uh, Lucia and Irene, and um, a younger, maybe like three or four-year-old uh, baby, I guess toddler named Anton- Antonito. And uh, she's kind of overlooking, overseeing them, uh, helps them kind of get ready for the school and everything. And uh, that day at school, everyone's going to go see the solar eclipse. So they're prepping for it. They need to get film from home so that they can view the solar eclipse. And you see her kind of walk into her mother's bedroom and her mother's like passed out there uh, to kind of grab some photos that show like a man, which she later realizes her father, and uh, grab that on the way to school. Um, at this point, you, you really don't understand like why her mother isn't like involved in the getting ready of the children, right? Yeah, at first I thought like I was her mom like a drug addict or something. Yeah, you kind of assume the worst, like uh, just, you know, terrible parents, not even involved and everything's on this, uh, on her daughter. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Veronica and the, and the kids, they go to school, um, and at, during class they're learning about, uh, the eclipse and kind of what it, the eclipse meant in the Mayan culture, which it looks like, uh, it had a lot, uh, a bigger meaning during that time that actually, what was it? it? It ties to, uh, human sacrifice and possession and some kind of spiritual meaning back then. Did, did you understand the, uh, the connection to the Mayan cultural for eclipses? Yeah, they didn't go into it too deeply, but they did say it was like a time of of sacrifices. Yeah. And human sacrifices. Yeah, I was meaning to check on that to see if that's true. It's probably true, it right? Is, I think it is. I, I think I saw that somewhere. Okay. All right. So anyway, uh, at some points, the eclipse is coming. So all the little kids and the rest of the school rush up to the ceiling with their negatives uh, to look through them and stare and watch the eclipse. But Veronica and her classmate uh, Rosa and Diana go into the basement 
And instead of going to see the eclipse, what they do is uh, they kind of sit down and light some candles and they decide to call upon the spirits because Diana, uh, her boyfriend, I guess, had died at some point in the last year. And Veronica, I mean, remember I mentioned she uh, pulled a picture out to take to school with her with her father on it, wants to reach out to her father, who we now know has kind of passed away. Um, so they start, they, they, they start kind of, you know, doing the chant or whatever, and, um, they're holding on to like a, a glass and then, uh, it kind of like things like pick up right away. Like it kind of, the glass starts moving across the table in like really quick motions and they're, they're asking some questions and getting some answers. And then suddenly like the glass, like it's, do, or actually Brian, do you remember any of the questions they were asking? Oh man, good question. I feel like they were fairly simple questions at first. Yeah. But I don't remember exactly. I don't remember anything too uh, specific. Yeah, I think they were kind of general or like, uh, is anyone here with us? That kind of thing. Yeah, the questions weren't as pertinent as the fact that something was controlling. Yeah. The so, planchet. Yeah, so the planchet's like flying across the board and then in the planchet, uh, which is the glass, the planchet's the glass that's on the the board. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. So do, during the seance, uh, the, the the planchet like heats up and gets really hot, and the the other girls like pull their fingers back for but for some reason uh, Veronica is uh, holding onto it still and it doesn't like hurt her, and suddenly like the the glass uh, kind of shatters and it cuts her finger and then she screams and the lights go out and everyone's kind of pushed away and and then uh, like you know Diana and Rosa kind of wake up and and they're trying to like wake Diana up. Uh, but she, I think at this scene, she was like kind of whispering, like speaking really fast, but you couldn't hear what she was saying. She was kind of whispering, yeah. like almost like chanting, like some kind of demonic, uh, uh, um, chant or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So she's rust- mantra or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think this was kind of like your first scary scene. Did, did you think this was pretty frightening? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Not terrifying, but it was, it was definitely creepy. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, as well produced and then uh, she wakes up in the nurse's office and uh, the nurse uh, you know asks her some questions like oh what'd you eat for breakfast today um, and then she asks her if she's on her period yet and uh, Veronica says no which the nurse finds weird and that that comes up later but I, I just kind of wanted to throw that in there and so the nurse kind of thinks maybe it's iron deficiency or something yeah she says not only is she not on her period, but she hasn't had her period yet. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, she's she's 15 and she hasn't had it yet, which, uh, yeah, yeah maybe, uh, comes up later and might be a, a theme that uh, would, would be interesting to discuss later. But anyway, after this, uh, she goes home and things start getting weird. So, like, one of the scenes is she's trying to eat dinner, but, like, uh, she can't, like, get the meat from the plate into her mouth and, like, her hand's just shaking and uh, she's having like a lot of trouble putting the food in her mouth, and um, you know the, the, the her kids are kind of or her, her siblings are kind of just watching her and being like, you know, what's what's going on, and and they can't tell. And then like weird things start happening around the apartment, uh, like some of the toys start kind of turning on by themselves. Um, I think uh, I don't think we see uh, no, I don't think we've seen any ghosts yet, but. Uh, she's giving the youngest toddler, Antonio, uh, Antonito, a bath, and suddenly she hears like some kind of noise coming from her room, where she had stored the Ouija board, and she runs back there, and and while she's back there, the door to the bathroom locks, and uh, she hears An- Antonito yelling, 
so she runs there and like opens it and like tries to open the door it's kind of locked but she opens it and she gets in and like the water's like boiling hot and he's like all burnt up um so that's so you start to like kind of feel like things are going on and then brian did you notice like uh there's a scene like she's washing the dishes and in the tv like as she like turns it off and walks away there's like a figure staring standing there staring at her yeah so she goes over to the tv so this kid was um her little brother in the bath was singing this theme song that was like a commercial. Yeah. Centella or something? Some product called Centella or Centella. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's kind of like a Mentos type thing. Is, oh, is that what it of. is? I have no idea what the product is, but that's what the song kind of reminded me of, like what Mentos would have been to us as kids. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It's like one of those themes that gets stuck in your head. Yeah. Yep. And so when the TV turns on by itself, it's that theme song it's like that commercial oh i didn't realize the tv had turned on by itself interesting yeah okay yeah and then so she walks mm -hmm. over to it and yeah you see this person or like human figure standing in the hallway yeah behind her and i feel like it's like barely it's hard to catch even it's not like super obvious that it's there yeah and this was kind of like the first thing the first time you're seeing this like spirit Outside of like yep. the other weird things going on, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then when she turns on the t- she turns off the TV, and you see it again, like in the reflection of the TV. Oh yeah, right, exactly. Yep. So yeah, you know something's there in the house with her. Um. So then uh, she goes to bed, and uh, I feel like the, this might have been the first time like she has some dreams. And, uh, I mean, cause like yeah, there are a few dream sec- sequences throughout the film, but this is one of the first ones. And what I, I think this is the one where she sees her dad, like kind of like standing in the corner, like naked, uh, calling her name and, and like, and she sees like the, the two twin sisters, uh, hiding in the closet. And then like, suddenly is this like where the arms like reach up from under the bed and like grab her and like pulling her down into the bed? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So like her dad's like, I think her dad's like approaching her and he looks really creepy. And then maybe she like fall backs up into her bed and falls down into it. And then the arms come out. Oh yeah. Yep. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. These black arms come out of the bed and yeah. Right. Uh, but, but she wakes up and it, you kind of think that uh, maybe it was just a dream or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, next day at school, she, she's, she's back at school. Uh, and suddenly like her friend Rosa like stops hanging out with her. Uh, which is weird. I, I didn't really understand the whole dynamic here on, on like why their friendship like suddenly died and went away. Um, but uh, Veronica kind of knows like things are going a little weird uh, and doesn't like feel the same. So she goes back to the school uh, to the basement where they did the uh, where they had the Ouija board in the first place, and she runs the in. Seance. Yeah, the seance, exactly. <laughs> and she. I feel like you've been searching for that word. <laughs> I, I keep yeah, trying to blank on that word. A seance. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so she goes back to where they had the seance, and she runs into this nun that we've seen once before, and and this nun is like pretty scary looking. Like her eyes are all white, and they call her Sister Death. And she, she goes uh, down there and, and Sister Death is like hanging down there like having a cigarette. And uh, she's she like looks, so she's blind, but she looks at um, Veronica and she's like, uh, you know, she, she kind of knows like, you know, something's going on here, you're, you're possessed. 
she's like she compares it to like when you walk in a room and like someone just made french toast like you can smell it and stuff and she's like saying something dark has attached itself to you and she can sense it and you need to protect your siblings um anything else happened in that scene no i don't think so okay uh, so I think Veronica kind of knows now that, you know, she's in, she's put herself in some danger because of this Ouija board in the seance, um, and she needs to kind of start protecting her, her siblings and stuff. So she's doing stuff around the apartment. Uh, she hangs up like some Viking symbols that are supposed to guard against demons. Um, uh, I think, uh, it was around this time again, like you're seeing some electronic toys just kind of light up, uh, and shut down. Um, I think uh, around, so this night when she goes to bed, she's in this apartment where like from her window she can see the twins room and like what's going on in there. And she looks out the window and she sees like a figure, like this figure that like, you know, she saw in her dream the night before in there, like going after the kids. So she like runs over there and looks in and she doesn't see anything at first, like the kids are there sleeping. But then like the shadow, these shadow hands like creep up on the wall and like suddenly start choking one of the the, the twin sibling girls there. So she like runs and like grabs the uh, sibling's throat. And the siblings wake up and they're like really surprised like why their sister is trying to choke them and kill yeah. them. Because she doesn't know what's going on. She just wakes up and sees Veronica sitting there on top of her. Exactly. So then, uh, you know, they, they've, they've woken up. They're shocked. They're surprised. And Veronica's trying to explain to them that, uh, no, I wasn't trying to kill you. There's actually this demon in the room. Uh, we got to get out of here. Someone's in the house. So she grabs her sisters and grabs uh, the younger brother and they all hunker down in the family room, turn on the TV and start watching that scary movie you were mentioning, right, Brian? Yeah. Yeah, this is where they're watching that 1976 Spanish movie, Who Can Kill a Child, a horror movie. Right. And this feels like a very strange choice. I mean, if, if you're in a house and you think there's some spirits in there haunting you and you're trying to make everyone feel safe and stick together, it's an interesting choice to just uh, put on a horror movie like at one at one o'clock in the morning, don't you think so? It is indeed, but it happens in like every horror movie. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, horror horror character horror movie characters aren't the smartest when it comes to finding ways to uh, calm themselves down. Uh, so now at, at this point, um, the mother comes back. Uh, the mother who we thought was kind of you know maybe uh, not very responsible and, and a careless mother, is actually uh, you know a single mother who's you know working late night shifts at a at a bar restaurant cafe type of thing. Uh, just trying to take care of her kids. So she comes back in the middle of the night. She finds her kids sitting there spooked out and, and watching a scary movie. Um, she gets really upset uh, and she kind of blames Veronica. She's, you know, asking her, you know, what, what's going on? Why, why are you guys all out here? Veronica tries to explain, like, what's going on with the spirits and, and being haunted. And the mother is just, you know, not having any of it. And uh, she's really disappointed in Veronica, tells her she needs to grow up and be a better, you know, big sister and, and all this stuff. So that Veronica goes to bed, and that night she has some pretty disturbing dreams. Um, one in particular being that uh, her siblings are jumping on her bed, waking her up. Then they suddenly just start like going at her, like eating her and like biting her skin and like starting to eat her up, and it's starting to get kind of bloody and stuff. And she wakes up and uh, she sees that she's just uh, had her first period. Yeah. She's kind of disturbed by this this whole thing of uh, the, the the period and everything, um, and she's she's uh, while she's cleaning her mattress, she looks under it and there's like some black uh, there's like a shape of like a black body like kind of burned into the underside of her mattress, and and Brian before this like a neighbor had come up 
and mentioned like that she had been hearing like all this noise from their apartment and like the floor under her bed had been turning black. Do you remember that? Yeah, and the neighbor was like, you must have some sort of water issue or something. It's all, like, black above yeah, my yeah. ceiling. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, I mean, she had ignored it at that time. But now, like, she goes around the apartment, and she's looking at all the kids' mattresses. And, like, on the underside, there's this, um, there's like, some kind of black burn mark uh, in, in all of them. Uh, that's, like, the shape of the body. So she realizes, like, something is, like, definitely in the house and is possessing them. She's not really quite sure what to do. So, uh, and then she's talking to the youngest one, the toddler, Antonito, and he's saying uh, that he was just talking to their deceased father the night before, the one that she saw in her dreams like two nights back, and he was saying like uh, he was going to take Antonito uh, with him to wherever he's from. So Veronica then tells Antonito like, next time, you know, someone, you see someone talking to you, like, you know, if, if he comes back and he's talking to you, uh, kind of plug your ears and just yell my name. And, and I'll and I'll come right yep yeah so that's become like you know his the, the the safety thing that she wants him to do so yeah she's freaked out she grabs the kids goes to the mom's go, goes to the cafe where her mom's working and drops them off and tells her mom uh, something crazy is going on um, I need your help and the mom again is like very dismissive and is saying you know you, you can't be doing like this you gotta grow up but we'll, we'll go on a picnic tomorrow things are gonna be fine uh, like the, the mother isn't like having any of it and, uh, she, she's, Veronica is getting kind of desperate. So she runs back now to the, uh, school again where they had the original seance to talk to, uh, sister death who again is hanging out down there. And, uh, she's like, you know, I don't know what to do. How, how do I get rid of the spirits? And sister death tells her the only way to do it is to, uh, you know, do the seance again, but this time make right what you did wrong last time. And uh, she doesn't, uh, Veronica doesn't know what they did wrong last time. Uh, so she goes out and buys another Ouija board and uh, looks, reads the instructions carefully. And she finds out that at the end of every seance, technically what you're supposed to do is say goodbye to the spirit that you've just kind of welcomed to the seance. Because uh, if you don't do that, apparently, you know, that, that, that leaves, uh, that keeps them hanging around you. So... She realizes that she's got to recreate the seance and they have to go and, and say goodbye to the, the spirit. So she rushes to her friend's Rosa's place and Rosa's throwing like this killer daytime party. They have like a house band. They have drugs, alcohol. And this is better than a lot of parties that I feel like we've been to, right, Brian? <laughs> For sure. Yeah. This is like a party. of We, we got to hang out at more Spanish high school parties, I think. <laughs> That's, Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I guess it depends. Uh, it, so, yeah, it, and, uh, and and Rosa is, like, really cool to her. Diane's really cool to her. None of them, like, want to do the seance with her again. And on her way out, Rosa's like, hey, Veronica, you know what you told me the day that we did the first seance? And Veronica's like, no, nah, I don't remember what I said. And Rosa tells her that you said that today was a day that uh, either you or I was going to die, which, Brian, do, do we know who that was? Yeah, I was confused about that. I don't know if she was saying today was the day that you're going to die, Veronica, and you that's what you said, or the day that I'm going to die. Yeah. One of them was going to die today. Yeah, someone was going to die, and apparently that was enough to kind of destroy the friendship. That's yeah. what died that day was the friendship for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so Veronica, you know, she needs to do this last seance and, and do it right, but... Rosa and Diana are, are, are no-go and they've kind of ended the relationship. So she runs back to the restaurant where her mom works and, the, and her siblings are 
grabs the siblings and takes them home with her. And it's like, you know, we're going to do the seance here, but let's protect ourselves. So they go around and they like draw some signs uh, and, and like hang up some posters to protect themselves. She asked the youngest toddler, though, to like draw this one sign uh, to protect them. And I think he messes it up, right? Like, doesn't he draw the wrong sign? Yeah, she gives him a book to draw the sign from. And that page is like symbols of protection. Yeah. And that's the symbol he's supposed to draw, but he flips the page to symbols of invocation. Right. So the symbol he's about to draw is going to invite something or invite yeah. something. Exactly. At this part, I had to Google what invocation meant, but yeah, I guess I invoke is the... Is the <laughs> Sadly, I think I know that word from Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. All right. So he messes it. He, he draws the, the wrong symbol, apparently. And I don't know if that's like a, any, any reason for like what happens the, uh, in, in the following minutes. But then then like they do the seance. Uh, they all get together in the, in the family room and they're doing it. And all the creepy stuff starts happening. You hear like a lot of loud noises in the house, like bangs, things falling, things dropping, uh, someone walking. Um, what, what, what other sounds were they using? Like were you hearing like screaming or anything? I don't think they heard any screaming, no. Okay, so it was mostly just, like, loud banging and noises around, right? Yeah, and, like, the doors were shaking. I think the door opens by itself. Yeah, oh, yeah, door opens, right. Uh, oh, yeah, a bad smell comes into the room. Remember, Anthony was like, oh, it smells terrible in here? Mm-hmm. I think the lights, I don't know if it happens now or later, but the lights go out at some point. Yeah, the lights go out and, like, they shatter. Uh, so, yeah, things things are getting pretty crazy in there. Um so, uh, for some reason she's, I think, she, oh, so what happens is that, what'd you call the thing that you use on the Ouija board? The parchette? The planchet. Oh, planchet. Yeah. That suddenly like goes flying off the board and, it, uh, and it rolls through the hallway. One, one other thing during the seance is I, I think she says like, you know, we're saying goodbye to you. You must leave now. And apparently like a voice said, no, did you hear that? I didn't hear that. I know that the planchet went to no on the board. Oh, oh, maybe that's what it meant. Yeah, the planchet went to no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for some reason, I, when, when I was reading, like, the... You saw uh, the subtitle. Else, yeah, yeah, I thought something said, uh, someone said no. But, uh, yeah, so the, the planchet now, uh, so, so the ghost has said no, you know, basically. And then the planchet, like, the glass kind of flies off, and it goes down the hallway to where her room is, and the door is closed. So she follows it that way. And she tells the kids, yeah, stay here. I'm going to go check it out. She opens the door to her bedroom and walks in. And I think at this part, like a hand like reaches out of the bed and starts to like pull her into the mattress. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so she's One finding those, like black hands that was similar to the ones grabbing her from the mattress in yeah. her dream earlier. Right. Yeah. And so that's, that's trying to pull her in there. Uh, but she's, she's not, uh, she's like fighting back and somehow she escapes Makes it back to the room with the kids in it, but now, like, the, the youngest toddler's, like, gone missing. Or, like, he kind of runs into, like, another room. So she's, like, trying to chase after him. And, I feel like uh, you see a hand come and snatch him up, too. Oh, yeah, you're right. He's, like, standing by a doorway, and, like, a hand comes and grabs him and pulls him into the doorway, right? Yep. And then that door locks, and she can't get into there. So she, like, breaks a window and, like, climbs into the bathroom, and she finds him there. And she, like, pulls him into his arms... And uh, I think she runs back to where the twins are. And this is where she makes the, the 911 call that you hear in the beginning where she's like saying, someone's in the house, we need help, send police, and she gives the address. 
so then she like then like the three of them are, or the four of them now like her this the the twins and the young toddler are like you know let's get out of here so they like run out the door they're running downstairs the twins like get outside the apartment building but they look back and they look at her and she's like holding Antonio and, but Antonito and they ask her hey where's Antonito and she looks into her arms and she realizes like oh he's not actually there like she, yeah, her arms are empty so realizing yeah, like that I think she sees herself in a mirror and she can't see Antonito in the mirror yeah like in her mind like she thought he was there but apparently yeah uh she, she didn't have him. so she runs back upstairs uh the, the twins are outside uh, she runs into back in, inside the apartment to the bathroom and she finds, oh no, no, she runs back upstairs. She can't find Antonito. But then uh, she picks up like a broken glass from the bathroom and she goes into the bedroom and opens her cupboard and Antonito's there and he's just like kind of uh, shaking and he's got his ears plugged and he's yelling for, uh, you know, Veronica. And that's when she realizes like, oh, you know, I told him next time like a, a spirit or like someone comes to him to just like plug his ears and call my name and she realizes like uh maybe he doesn't see me and maybe like i've become that spirit right is, is that kind of the realization she has yeah i think she's realizing like this is what i told him to do if he sees our dad again and like yep. he's acting like he's seeing his dad right now but it's me yeah and so it's kind of like this moment for her where she comes to re- to realize like she is like the possessed spirit she was the one like choking her twin or putting the boiling water on Antoinette or and and Antonito or um yeah like like she realized like she, it's it's within her yeah she kind of like flashes back to all those instances of things that went wrong and realizing it was her yeah exactly so she backs up and then realizing this uh it looks like she goes to like kind of like kill herself like she takes a glass that's in her hand and like goes to like sh- to, to slit her throat but I don't think she actually gets that far does she she doesn't and and instead like it's I don't really understand what happens there like the 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 demon comes and like kind of like puts his hand down her throat or something yeah so I think he was like stopping her from doing it the demon was but then like shoves that was the impression I got yeah but then like shoved his hand down her throat uh-huh and yeah. she was like dying from that or like choking on his hand yeah and she was like at this weird angle like his his hand like down down her throat like she's choking uh the demon was choking her and that's like when the cops like burst into the room that you see in the beginning and Mm -hmm. what they see is like her like kind of like in this like weird like limbo it it, like was a weird like kind of awkward position like being choked and um then they're like they they rush They, they don't see anything yeah they don't see the demon or anything. Uh, so, yeah, they, they basically grab her, get her out of there, and then you kind of just see the aftermath. Like, uh, they, they take her, and you, you find out that she dies in the ambulance uh, leaving that place. And then, like, you see the detective kind of walking around, and he finds, like, a picture of her, and he, like, picks it up, and it, like, kind of lights on fire. It's, like, super hot, and it lights on fire. And then he's, like, typing up his report that, like, you know, this paranormal stuff happened. And then it tells you, like, these, you know, these things, you know, were based on, like, events that actually happened in in Madrid um and that that's kind of like where it ends right yeah and they say that that detective I think left that role like two weeks later and some of the other police who were there had to like leave the scene because they felt nauseous and shaky and dizzy or something yeah and uh I think they then go through photos of the actual crime scene maybe oh I couldn't tell if those were really the crime scene or just yeah 
you know, kind of looking back on the on the on the set. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't, yeah, I don't remember that. It, was that like during the credits? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I'll have to check that out. Uh, yeah, yeah, and this is kind of like where it hits you, like, oh yeah, there was some kind of uh, yeah, this was based on some kind of some variation of real events. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we, 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 I, I thought there were, you know, I thought what well, this movie did well, like there, there were, there were like, the, the scares were like pretty well produced here, and um, I, I don't know, what, what, what did you think? Yeah, I thought it was pretty scary. Like I was scared, and I am realizing as we watch more and more of these movies that it so much depends on how you're feeling and the mood you're in and where you're watching the movie and what day it is. Yeah. Um, but I was scared through some yeah. of this movie. I feel like it's one where you're like afraid to turn out the lights and go to bed afterwards. Yeah, me too. It was pretty effective. Like uh, I think a lot of the tricks you saw here, like the way um, the, de- the 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 thing, the shadows you would see in the background, and uh, it was also like really quiet and like the way they used sound or like the the loud noises that would come like when you would uh, when a demon would show up or something. I thought those were pretty effective. Yeah, the music was really good. It kind of reminded me of. Uh it was very like synth heavy. It kind of reminded me of the It Follows score. Yeah, yeah. There were definitely parts like where you had like '90s or '80s kind of music. Yeah, I, I felt like the original score did feel very '80s synth synth heavy, which I, I liked a lot. Those those really cool. Yeah. Um, uh, I actually found a few similarities to It Follows. Oh no, kidding! What else? Maybe this is a stretch. But you got that like synth heavy soundtrack, and it was just kind of like a distinct style. Um, and you've got like a working class, very working class family. Yeah. And like a young woman who is the lead. Yeah. And a mother who's barely there, and a father who's dead. Yeah. And at oh, one wow. point, like the demon or ghost imitates the dead father. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's actually a surprising number of like coincidences. It's like a. Or similarities, like where I would, I would almost believe, like that. Yeah, this this must have been inspired to some degree by all of that, because yeah. But just... then when I think more about it, a lot of those things are kind of horror movie tropes or typical setups. Mm-hmm. Young young girl on her own, seeing images of like her dead parents. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure if yeah if we, if we think about it, I'm sure there's some other films that that replicate that. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like it was also like somewhere that follows like the, there was like a sense of like, uh, artisticness in like the, the direction here, like the, the camera angles, some of the scenes, uh, the dream, dream sequences. I think, I think there were some pretty good uses of, um, of camera work here. Yeah, I think so too. And also similar to it follows like the, the kids in it follows they're like late teens, early twenties and this yeah. they're younger kids. But their dialogue all seemed, like, really realistic. Like, this is what people their age would be, like, saying and doing. Oh, yeah. And they were all, like, really likable. You kind of just felt like you... Not like you knew them, but they were easy yeah. to relate to. It wasn't like their dialogue was... You, you couldn't, like, easily picture someone sitting in a room and writing their dialogue. It was just, like, what they would say or how they would act. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that, that made a big uh, difference for me because I feel like we've seen uh, a few uh, American movies with kids in them. Like, uh, I remember before, was it Before I Wake where they had the kid that you hated, right? Yeah. yeah. Or, or, like, or like we saw Child's Play uh, recently. And it, it, kids in like the American horror films are like so like young, innocent and kind of like stupid and like uh, 
and uh, very like uh, playing like the cutesy role angle up lot. But these kids here, like I don't know, they, there was something about them. Like I, they, I, they were funny, they were engaging, they were believable. The dialogue was really good. Um, I, I just feel like there's a different way in like how kids are in, in these movies are portrayed. Yeah, yeah, and I felt like it was good acting. Yeah, yeah, really good, especially especially for their age. And I thought the the actress here did a really good job, and she basically carried this whole movie, and yeah. she was convincing. I, I thought for sure. Um, um, yeah, I just felt like there were like nice touches in the way it was shot and directed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Any any favorite um, scenes for you? Um, I liked. So when they're all in the room, they all decide to sleep in the living room together, and they're watching that scary movie. Mm-hmm. Veronica s- sees the spirit. Um, and it's like moving across the wall and it looks like it's going to come through the front door. Yeah. And it ends up just being her mom. But while she's watching the spirit, it's like a tense scene. Yeah. Right. And they're using the music from the horror movie that they're watching to like inform this scene. Yeah. So it's like this scene is scored by this other movie. Oh yeah. Baby wasn't maybe that's been done before and wasn't super clever but just little stuff like that where I was like oh this is like a nice touch yeah and and that music I remember that scene it was kind of like a, like an older movie right so kind of like the older music vibes of like a Hollywood or, or I guess a Spanish movie so I, I thought it was kind of like a nice uh, it created a cool atmosphere there yeah the movie was from the 70s but this sounded like it could have been like a US made universal horror score like yeah yeah like the big strings and stuff yeah the the minor notes yeah that Mm -hmm. that was kind of a cool throwback yeah uh I really liked uh when they're doing that seance at the end when the the scenes here that stood out to me was uh when when the kids are all when when the four of them are in the house doing the last seance and the camera's just kind of like spinning around in a circle very slowly uh, to mm-hmm. each of their each of their faces while they're sitting around the Ouija board. Yeah, I, I, I thought that was a, a pretty scary scene there. For sure. Yeah, there's a bunch of little stuff that was just that made this movie like a little bit. It just gave it a little something extra. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it elevated did, it. Yeah. Um, but speaking to that, like one of my critiques of this film, like, did you feel like it brought anything new to like, uh, I mean, you know, we talked about there's so many movies that are possession movies or Ouija board movies. Um, and this was like a scary and well-produced film, but did it bring anything new to the genre or like use any kind of new elements that we hadn't seen before? No, I don't think so. Um, and that was, I know a lot of times when we watch these, I'll have like a certain way I feel about the movie and then as I read other reviews or as we talk about it, I kind of changed my mind. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it didn't bring anything new. And there were a couple parts, aspects of it where we're just like, eh, we don't need this or this doesn't make sense. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the, the falling apart of her and Rosa's friendship was just kind of background stuff that, didn't really need to be there and didn't ultimately make that much sense. Like you and I both are confused about who was supposed to die on what day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was kind of like even the nun in the basement, her role was really just to explain things a little bit to Veronica. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm pronouncing her name horribly, but <laughs> um, it, it was just, there was some stuff that they could have trimmed the fat a little bit and it was kind of, yeah, 
I feel like some of that cool stylized stuff elevated it above the average possession movie, but yeah, plot point wise, it wasn't that original. Yeah, yeah, that, that's kind of how I feel. Um, I didn't think there was too much original here, and yeah, the, the, there was some wasted storylines. Uh, but yeah, the, the, there was. I, I it still makes for uh, a movie that is still like done well, acted well, uh, produced well, and edited well. Um, like that, that was all done, but I, I think we can agree that it, it wasn't the most original movie for sure. Yeah. Did did but you? Pick, that's not always a bad okay. thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not every movie has to be groundbreaking. Uh, did you pick up? You know, so uh, one of, one of the themes I started to pick up on. Uh, so so she was like uh, uh, transitioning to like adulthood, pretty much, right? I mean, she it's made made clear in the beginning that you know she hasn't uh, had her period yet. And then she has it through the film at some point. And then, like, even her mom, like, telling her, like, oh, you need to grow up. Do you think there was, like, a theme in here around, like, uh, a, a girl coming into adulthood or anything? Yeah, I think so. I think that's kind of a common theme, too. Like, Ginger Snaps was a horror movie that was kind of an allegory for having your period. Yeah. The the witch, maybe, even uh, had, had oh, the, the character kind of transitioning to adulthood. Yeah. And Carrie... Carrie, yeah, sure. Uh, the period Ooh. was kind of a plot point in that. Wow, I didn't realize that. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so, yeah. And I feel like I read something that was saying that it was pointing to the fact that maybe as she came into adulthood, she developed some sort of mental illness that was making her feel or see this way, which was kind of like a commentary on the actual story. What uh-huh. could have happened there? The true story? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, I don't know how I even feel about that, but it's an interesting point. Yeah, like like some of this might have been more, uh, you know, in her head versus like actual reality. Yeah, yeah, I and mean, that's kind of what what I started to think for a while too. Is like you know, is that where this film is going? And um, but I I don't know. Maybe it was, it was subtle, and I I don't know if it's it was purposeful or not, uh, or. But, I mean, if it's based on true events, it's based on true events, you know? Yeah. That's a, yeah, yeah, but even the true events kind of are open for interpretation. Because yeah. nobody really knows quite what happened. I don't think they even knew the cause of death. Yeah, for her. Right, exactly. Um, true it's, story. It's interesting, because, like, when you read it, it's like, uh, they, they said, like, you know, based on, like, what actually happened in real life, like, she they were doing a seance that was broken up by a nun, and they saw, like, some smoke kind of coming out of her mouth, and then she like the, the, over the next like few days or so she got really sick and like uh, had seizures and then she died mysteriously, which I don't know they uh, I mean yeah that, that could have been drugs or something too you know. And I also saw that she died six months after the seance. Oh, six months! <laughs> Unlike in this movie when it's like three days. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like in, in real life most of the haunting was on the uh, on the parents like a year later or so, versus in this one it's all, uh, all about the daughter. Yeah. 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 And it was a tough, true story to piece together, too. I don't think it was very well documented. Yeah. 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 So that's definitely loosely based on some, some events that happened. Yeah. Um, any, anything else that stood out to you in this movie? No. I think I think the biggest thing for me, likability, was liking the characters and feeling like they were realistic. Yeah. It's interesting how big of a difference that makes in a horror film. You know, you think oh, it's yeah. all about the scares, but it's really about being invested into the characters, and I yep, think that movie sure. did this. This movie did that pretty well. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, so on a scale of one to five, uh, Simon says electronic round uh, toys that, that light up on their own. Um, how many would you give it? Man, there's got to be a name for those. Maybe they were just called Simon Says. It's weird because when I grew up, Simon Says was just like the teacher making you do stuff by saying Simon Says. Yeah, like the actual game you would play, like Simon Says, Pat Your Head or whatever. Yeah, and then these millennials came in and announced like an electronic thing that like lights up on its own when it ghosts around. (laughs) Millennials. Uh, You're one of them, buddy. Oh, shoot, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm, this is a scenario where I'm wanting to back down or dial down my original rating that I wrote down. Dude, based on this conversation? Yeah, based on this conversation and like reading some reviews, Mm -hmm. um, this was another one where the critics really loved it and the users did not. Oh, really? A lot of the users on Rotten Tomatoes were like, this isn't even scary. Wow. Oh, my God. I, didn't, I, didn't, I thought users would love this. That's interesting. Yeah. But I wrote down 4.5. Wow. That's pretty high, man. Yeah. That's, I don't know why. Impressive. I think it was because like there were times where I was legitimately scared, which may have just been my state of mind at the time. Yeah. And I just found the characters really likable and realistic. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm close. I'm, I'm right up there with you, man. I, I, I think I'd give it a four uh, just because I, I didn't see anything new here. But to your mm-hmm. point, like, yeah, this was a, a well done movie and the characters were like really great, well acted um, and, and everything from the score to, oh, you know, one thing that kind of bummed me out. I didn't think the demon was particularly uh, scary. Did, did you think so? No, not really, but I feel like the lurking in the shadows for the majority of the time yeah. made that a little bit easier to stomach. Yeah. Um, and I actually felt like it was a little bit scarier at the beginning of the movie, and I think that's probably because you saw less of it at the beginning. Right, right. It was more like in the shadows or like on the TV screen in the background. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, actually, I, I might have to bring it down to a three and a half because, like, yeah, as as the movie progresses and you see the demon more and more, and, and you see the hands coming out of the bed, uh, that that kind of pulled away some of the scare factor for me. Um, but yeah, I think I might go with three and a half. Okay. But the uh, average to a four, and I think that's probably about right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good to me. We're both wrong a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, but I, I feel like it's 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 great to see a, a new movie like that coming out and kind of get to know that horror isn't dead. I feel, I feel like this year is is also a good start with some of the newer horror films that that we've seen between like A Quiet Place, The Ritual, and and Veronica. That's a pretty good start for twenty eighteen. Yeah, although wasn't this twenty seventeen? Yeah, this one was uh, shot in twenty seventeen. I, I guess released onto Netflix in twenty eighteen. Oh, was it released this year? Okay. Yeah, I think it was released on Netflix earlier this year. All right. Well, listeners, we hope you enjoyed our discussion today about uh, Veronica. If you want to be a part of the discussion, uh, we'd love for you to follow Horror Movie Club podcast on Facebook or hit us up on Twitter. We're at at Horror Movie Pod on Twitter uh, or send us an email at podcast at horrormovieclub.com. And be sure to check out our Facebook or Twitter to see what we're going to be reviewing next week in case you want to watch it before the next episode. Um, Until next time, uh, if you don't like your siblings that much, maybe just tell them instead of going out and getting possessed and then trying to kill them on your own.